Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to another episode of uh, of uh, Sim League uh, Sim League Talkins uh, Sim League, I guess. Um, it's me, your host uh, SPL, um, as normal. I am here, um, and I have two guests. Um, I will go to start with uh, Tim. Uh, Tim Pig is obviously the owner of the Bulls. Uh, right hand uh, in the league in terms of uh, getting things done um, to our eventual gu- next guest. Uh, Tim, how are you doing today, bud? I am doing well. Also, uh, currently interim owner of the Warriors. Let's not forget that. Honestly, I think they're probably in better shape than my primary team. So I just want to make sure we include that as well. Well, I think that's all because of Taco. Wasn't Taco running the team? Uh, yeah, I guess he just built a great foundation that I am just reaping the benefits of, just like I did yeah. in 4.0. Yeah, yeah, so you, you're riding his coattails again, so it's nothing really new. Um, and uh, our second uh, guest on the call um, is Eric, uh, the commissioner of our of our Sim League. Um, Eric, um, how, uh, how are you doing today, buddy? Good, thank you. Thanks for having me. And just to tag on to a point you just made, I would say Tim is both hands, not just the right hand, but both hands in terms of getting things done. Well, thanks, Eric. So is he jerking you off as well? Is is it now the next question that I have? Wow. If he's both right. hands, will you? Do you usually do that? On the question. <laughs> it's just an honest question. I mean, you're saying he's both your hands, and you got to jerk off sometimes. So, I mean, uh, um, so... I would think, I mean, that's his primary responsibility. Uh, but that's just Humans me. Uh, <laughs> yes. Um, okay. So let's. We've had a we've had a few things happen since the last time we had a podcast. Uh, big thing is we had uh, we had the uh, the the playoffs of 2010. Um, so why don't we start with? Um, uh, my, my question will be first to Tim. Tim, it, it, did the playoffs kind of shape out how you thought they would? And was there any surprises? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, it shaped out how I thought I would, or how I thought it would. I didn't think that, uh, you know, I, I thought the only team with a real chance to unseat 
the Hornets was the Hawks. And if I remember right, they uh, faced each other in, I'm pulling it up now, um, they faced each other in the conference finals. Give me three seconds. Yeah, it, it was four to one series. Yep, four to one. So I'm, I'm, that's really the only thing I'm surprised about. Uh, the T Wolves getting eliminated in round one was pretty ugly. Feel kind of bad for Ian there. Um, no, we don't. The, the this other, podcast okay. is never will feel sorry for Ian. I'm sorry, but that's not happening. Well, I thought that it was going to be uh, either the Lakers or the T Wolves. I thought it was maybe Ian's chance to make a little run because the West was clearly the weaker conference. Um, I thought the Hawks had put up a little better fight in the conference finals than four to one. I was expecting at least six, uh, probably seven games. Um, Hornets just ran through it. They beat the Bucks pretty handily too, which I thought might beat the other team. Um, also want to point out, I did spend New Year's Eve with Fecta and, oh, okay. uh, he said at least five times, um, he, he expressed how good it feels to three Pete. And uh, with with the mic, we went and did some karaoke. And with the mic in his hand, he said multiple times um, that he's repeated, and that that was something that nobody could ever take away from him. So he's pretty proud of it. And I would love it, it if somebody I, I think would he's calling for Eric. I think he's calling for Eric to kill two, three of his players. I mean, I, I personally, that's what I think he's asking for right now. I think I wouldn't be mad about it, but can playoffs recent. Yeah, yeah, that works too. Um, anything we can do to stop this dynasty, uh, you know, it's kind of funny because I think for, you know, the first like three or four years, you have the worst team in the league. Uh, and then um, pretty much, well, it was, what have we been, it's 2011, so 10 years. So he probably had six years of being the worst team in the league, six or seven. And then now, and then three years of being, or he, he lost that for, yeah, so like, six years of being the worst team in the league and then pretty much four of being the best or second best team in the league. So it's kind of crazy um, how quickly his fortunes turned, but uh, yeah, if somebody could just step up and unseat him, that'd be great. Uh, looks like we have soup on, but uh, he said, it looks like no audio is detected. He uh, is uh, uh, participate maybe me having microphone problems. So soup, um, if you're trying to talk, we can't hear you. Hopefully, you can hear us. Um, love to see you get your microphone fixed so we can hear your lovely voice, get you back to owning a team, and stop being a bitch and hiding from us is about all I'm going to say right now. Um, so I'm um, going to go to Eric now with uh, the same question. Eric, uh, the playoffs. I, I know you know more than all of us behind the scenes. Is this kind of what you expected uh, the playoffs to run, or were there any major surprises that uh, – that you saw. So this uh, kind of speaks to a broader point of view, which is that I don't really look into the behind the scenes stuff. Like I've never looked at a player's attributes, for instance, unless I was doing an upgrade, in which case I obviously had to, but it's never been a incentive for me to kind of poke around in behind the scenes. I will say though, just on the Hawks and Hornets, because it's, Judging from the fractional titles, which I think is the best read anyway, and trying to look at 12 different players' attributes and try to do all that mental math and figure out who the best team is going to be. Uh, the Hawks and Hornets were the best, too. I thought the Hawks were going to win because they had such an advantage in the fractional titles. Uh, regarding the five-game series of it, in game four, the Hornets won by four points. In game five, the Hornets won by two points. So clearly those games could have gone either way pretty easily. So I wouldn't hold the five games of it against the Hawks. 
And as we know, in the software, there's more of a random element, so to speak. There's no officiating bias. There's no superstar treatment. It's just roll out the ball and let's play. So mm-hmm. I'm surprised Stocks lost, but I'm not shocked because, again, the Hornets were clearly the second-best team. So once I got past the Hawks, even though the Lakers were also a very good team, I wasn't surprised the Hornets won. Uh, in any kind of repeat title, you need luck because in any kind of single title, you need luck. There's almost never a case where a team is a favorite over the field. So congrats to Fecta. Uh, he should be happy that he's built a very good team, a great team. I would focus less on the exact number of rings and the exact order of it because that's almost entirely down to chance. Yeah, I mean, I, I was happy my Lakers took them to six games. Um, I mean, I, I, I was surprised that I actually won the West. Um, I thought my team was still um, growing. Um, I thought that I had some interesting pieces, um, but I, I didn't – I took over the number one seed uh, on the last seven of the season. Um, and, uh, I mean, I, I, I it's going to be interesting to see – uh, see next season because obviously I've had to make some changes to my roster and and um, uh, basically looking forward to, looking forward to the future I had to make some changes and changes that happen within the league than that I'm making future changes um, so um, it's going to be interesting to see how everything goes moving forward um, but um, the the Knicks getting in right at the end of the last sim or were either one of you guys surprised uh, that the Knicks uh, uh, pulled that off and got in on uh, the last week of the sim. I just want to tag on quickly to the point you just made. The Lakers were clearly the best team in the West, as far as I'm concerned. So them making, again, there's a lot of randomness involved, but if I had to pick one team out of the West, it would clearly be the Lakers. And although, as you say, there's going to be a step back, I mean, who's their competition? The Timberwolves? The Clippers? What, why, why, why don't you like the Timberwolves? I don't hate because the there's a fucker because there's, there's a fucker now in the E that runs the team. But Eric, why? I mean, between Amari, uh, who's a very good offensive player, Miles Bridges. I'm not in my computer, so I can't see the roster. Amari, and, and, Miles and Bridges. Here, and I'm here's one my really uh, good player. here's my thing for Ian right now. That's about all I have to say about Ian. Could you guys make that out? Uh, really, no. I heard some profanity. That's all I heard. It, 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 it was Samuel L. Jackson saying, does he look like a bitch? And the answer would be yes, he does look like a bitch. I thought, I, thought but you nobody knows I thought you love Ian now. You love Ian now? No, you love Ian now. You said that in Shout. You're a lover. Oh, that's right. That's right. I, I am a lover now. I am a lover now. So, Ian, I apologize for um playing this uh towards you i i, I am very sorry like a bitch. i take that back i will literally not play this towards you again like that just won't happen anymore ian i'm sorry no. yeah the thing is nobody knows what ian looks like anyway so this, this reference makes no sense <laughs> to me. But to Tim's question of what don't I like about the Timberwolves, just that they're not as good as the Lakers. I understand is a great player, and they got other good players. But the other thing that I would point out is that, like the Lakers, the Timberwolves are just – there's no 
room for outside improvement. They're just capped out. Plus, they don't they haven't brought back Bamba yet, and Bamba's a good player. Sorry, Tim. Then they already lost by Dexter. I oh, love yeah. Mohamed Bamba. He didn't make it into our, our Hall of Shame. I have nothing against Bamba. Okay, I, I don't know where everybody stands in the team hierarchy. They lost Drexler, who is not worth max, but he is worth, you know, paying. He's a decent player to have. So I think the Timberwolves got worse, and they were already worse than the Lakers. So I don't think that's going to work out too well. But you never know. Maybe they'll score some good MLEs down the road. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what he uh, what he does with this team. Um, it was funny because last season, me after you got off the podcast, me and uh, Tim started talking about teams, um, and we got to the West, and and I started giving a lot a lot of compliments about the Timberwolves, and he's like, um, Sean, you know whose team that is? And all of a sudden, I had to pay a do a mea culpa and and uh, say, Oh God, I'm sorry, I I'm talking good of Ian. Um, which I will try to take talk good about Ian the rest of the podcast. That that is my promise. Um, but um, okay, so um, question to Tim. Tim, Nick's making the playoffs. Were were last some of the season? Were you surprised by that at all? Uh, do you feel that's a major surprise that they ended up as a seven seed? No, not not really. I mean, they still have Bristol Pico and Jock Landale and Grinner and R.J. Cole. Um, so I think that they didn't have quite the depth that they needed to be to, to kind of keep it going, um, compared to what they had when Eric was GMing, uh, Eric, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I don't think that you would have made a similar bid on a player like RJ Cole. Is that, is that fair to say? The thing, I probably wouldn't have bid that on Cole. I I don't really know. I would have to have been in that position and had all the stats if I'm to look at it. But the main thing yeah, I would have well, done differently, which is not casting shade at SPL because it is a second team, but the main thing I would have shored up the wings more. So you've got RJ Cole, who's paid. Yeah, the problem, problem was is that on day one and day two, I think, because I, I don't think – I. And I'll have to go back and look at last year, but I think R.J. Cole um, signed on day two um, instead of day one uh, on the contract. So I was not in position to sign an MLE until day three, and that field was so dried up, and I, and I got unlucky, and I didn't really sign a, an MLE until day four or so or day five. Um, um, it, so it was... I was handcuffed a little bit with just the timing of how the signings came in um, this season. And we'll touch up on it in another subject. I think um, I was in a better position and, and the, the Knicks are in a better position day one right now to kind of move forward and design things. But we'll, we'll touch up on that later on in the sim uh, when we start talking about um, uh, free agency day one and, and, uh, and uh, looking towards next season. Um, well, the Knicks are in trouble. Well, they, have, they have $6 million to sign six players to get up to 12. So they're in – I think the Knicks are in pretty bad shape here. Um, I, I mean, I still think they're a playoff team just because they have four very good players. But I don't think that I, – I, I don't think that that team is built to really do anything more. Like, I could see them as a seven or eight seed again this year. Um, I, I don't know. I mean um... – 
you look at what they have in terms of um, you look at you look at what they have in terms of um, the top end of their roster. That, that it's pretty darn good. They they have a good rotation of three three bigs in first Pico, Landale, and Grenier. Um, Barkley, um, which God damn, I wish, I really wish the, uh, Lakers would have got him as the MLE because him at shooting guard, I think is going to be really good. Um, because he had that asterisk next to him that he could only play, um, small forward. Um, so now he's shooting guard eligible. Um, so I think he's going to be an eight to nine rebound guy at shooting guard, which is going to be extremely valuable, um, uh, being able to play shooting guard right now. Whereas before he was going against some of the better rebounders, some decent rebounders at small forward. Now he's going to be going against lesser rebounders at the shooting guard position, um, which I think is going to make him a lot better. Um, Ron Harper, um, interesting player that they signed on the, uh, on the um, on the uh, uh, the the minimum of that contract, um, so I mean I, I think they're going to have enough to sign um, uh, an LLE um, and then go after um, a few players on uh, on a min contracts, which are going to be probably anywhere from a million and under. Um, to, to round out the roster. This point is well made to me, and just to bring it back, not to, again, cast any aspersions on what SPL is doing, but if you ask what I would have done, I think this is where I really did well as a GM is finding the value players for a minimum contract. Because if you get 10 wins from Firsto and Jock and Griner and Cole, that gives you 40 wins. And that's, you're not doing anything with that. So you got to get another 15 wins somewhere on very small deals. And this year, as SPL said, I think the Knicks have definitely done a better job on the wings. And I think that is going to help them be better. Although, because the team is so old, you never know when a player is going to go off the cliff. So it'll be interesting to see. It'll be interesting. Well, to see. And, and again, the, the window right now for the Knicks is very, very narrow. So I, I felt I had no choice. Um, in going after a big contract on a third player to really fit in to this roster uh, or a fourth player to fit in with this roster. Um, so, I mean, because you got, you got Firsto at 34 years old, uh, Landell at 35, Grenier at 37. Um, so that's that was the basic core of the team, those, those three bigs. I mean, and... 34, 35, 37. I mean, any point they're going to retire one of these off seasons. Um, so, um, I mean, so I mean, if Landale happens to retire, that's going to drop. I mean, 17 million, uh, 17.5 million of of open up 17.5 million more of cap. If Grenier retires as well, that's going to open up another 15 million. So hopefully, I'll have first Pico and RJ Call as the only two big salary guys, and and I'll be able to uh, go after another guy to fill that third spot in uh, for another maybe season or two. Um, it's just. I just see the window being very, very narrow, and I wanted to be as aggressive as I can uh, with that window uh, with 
as many good players around them as possible. But as I said, we'll, we'll talk fair, about that. Here's, here's to hoping that uh, the, that they fail um, because I do have their first round pick this year. So here's the hoping. Hey. <laughs> okay. Um, so let's get into um, uh, the draft um, and uh, talk about that a little bit. Um, obviously, we had um, uh, the draft uh, just kind of closed up um, recently. Um, we, I, I'm going to throw this out here to Eric first, um, since I asked the first question last time to Tim, Eric, were there any major surprises? Were there any players that kind of fell in the draft that you were kind of surprised with? Did, do you, do you agree with the number one pick overall in Sean Kemp? Um, what, what, is there any other players that should have had consideration? Um, kind of like that. To talk, talk about the draft. Well, I guess I'll throw one question at you first rather than a litany, a, a plethora of uh, questions. Um, we'll start with Sean Kemp. Do, do you think he was the right person at number one in the draft? I think it's a big man league. I haven't seen anything that disabuses me of that notion. I mean, the, it's the Hornets with Yao, it's the Knicks with Burstow, it's the Globes with Dolph Shays. I mean, you just go right down the list, and it's just bigs all the way down. Uh, so I would always look for a big man first. I think that this is a weaker draft, both if you look historically, both if you look at the grade set and uh, profiles. So although Sean Kent has some very clear weaknesses, and I wouldn't pick him over again, for instance, Yao. Uh, I think in this draft, I think that's the right choice. It's really either him or Cliff to me with these parameters because they both have their weaknesses and they both have their strengths. And their strengths Who are very good. Who was that second one you said? Cliff. Cliff Robinson. Big dog. Becca, I hope you listen to this pod. Um, yeah. I'll, just, I'll leave it at that. How mysterious. Uh, I don't think either one is going to be Kareem off the bat. And I don't think that's a fair ask because Kareem's a top five player of all time. And you're not going to get that every year. You're going to get that five out of 100 years, one in 20. So it's, uh, it's going to be a process. And so it's probably not the best thing that he felt to Mike because as is established, Mike doesn't really upgrade his players. And I don't think Sean Kemp is going to be a player that you're going to be happy with without upgrades. And I want to stress, Mike is on the line, again. I think. So there you go, Mike. And, and this is out to you, Mike. Jabroni, you are three seconds away. And the rock means three seconds away from the rock to like a smackdown on your candy ass. That was for you, Mike. And that was the rock like if for I that was for the rock. And I didn't even recognize <laughs> that voice until I actually heard some catchphrases. Anyway, again, I want to say okay. that I don't look that carefully at the underlying attributes, so people shouldn't read that much into what I'm saying. I'm just look, I literally have the draft page up, and I'm looking at grades right now. Because I'm saying I made all these guys, but when you're making 50 guys at once, even for numbers guys like me, the numbers don't stick in your head. You got multiple players. I mean, unless you're a rain man counting cards at, uh, at the Bellagio, I mean, I, I don't expect you to be able to remember all the numbers. Um, just 
doesn't happen. Uh, but just looking at his grades, I mean, obviously C plus defense, C plus rebounding, um, and a D plus jump shot. I mean, there are some concerns. I mean, there's there's areas of improvement. He needs to improve the jumper a little bit, the defense a little bit, and the, and the rebounding. So it's really going to be interesting to see how the first TC goes and, and where he needs to go with with uh, with with the points into Kemp. Um, so um, it's going to be interesting to see how how his TC kind of builds out from there. I think. Um, so I'm going to throw this out to Tim now. Um, Tim, do you think Sean Kemp? was the right pick at one or do you think there's anybody else that should have gone up there? Um, I actually was Facebook messaging with Mike. I told him that he was up in the draft and he said it was going to be a few hours. And I was like, come on, man, just pick Ken. Everybody knows he's the number one pick. Uh, and Mike was like, yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh, and so he ended up picking Ken. So yes, I do agree um, that Sean Kemp was the right pick. And number one, everybody has holes, but looking at, um, looking at his profile, uh, so so many of these guys have holes that I think are going to make them, to an extent, unplayable. Um, he's got great strength and athleticism, uh, which tells me, and, and he's got an A minus inside. So, based on his profile, his in, he should be a scorer right off the bat. Um, he's one of the younger guys. He can't shoot. Like he's, he's not going to be a three point shooter. Not going to be able to save him there. Um, the C plus defensive rebounding is what worries him. There's nothing in his profile about defensive rebounding so don't really know uh what's gonna what's gonna come from that um but for bigs i think either of those can grow a little bit um but yeah i think just somebody who has that kind of potential to be a scorer will be helpful helpful for mike um so pairing him with tayback inside i think has a lot of potential um you know there's nobody in this draft who really stood out um magic and i were talking about glenn rice a little bit this morning he was second overall i wouldn't have gone for glenn rice second um you know you look at his profile and he has one strength his strength is that he's a great scorer from anywhere uh which is you know i guess could be considered the most important strength but you know he he, he's not athletic um or let's see it says uh yeah not the most athletic leaper on his profile which tells me his ceiling could be a little bit lower um, he doesn't rebound for a big, so he may have to play shooting guard. Um, but I think Magic already said he wants him to play small forward, so he could be weak rebounding there. Um, and doesn't really play defense. So I think Glenn Robbins or Glenn Rice has has some major holes. Uh, he scares me quite a bit. Uh, three, I was debating with the Warriors either taking Cliff or taking um, what was he like Randy White, who had really nice grades as well. I had never heard of Randy White, um, but Cliff. I liked because he had a higher uh, defense grade. Um, and so they, they kind of switched their defense and rebounding grades. Um, and I liked the fact that uh, Cliff has a, ra- a really great inside write-up and he has uh, quote, fantastic wingspan leads to a high number of stocks and bleals. And as we know, defensive grades can be kind of, uh, you know, kind of fool's gold or whatever you want to call it. So the fact that um, Eric is following write-ups tells me he should be very good defensively um with that b grade and then hopefully get some natural growth rebounding so uh my hope is that he just needs some some jumper help um or or some outside help i'm praying i think it's nearly impossible that his d plus uh he has a good enough free throw percentage 
I would love to be able to give him plus 53 pointer, but um, you know, it's going to really depend on how awful he is in preseason shooting free throws. So um, I don't really think there are any surprises. Not a lot of guys in this draft, I think really blew up in the NBA, except maybe Sean Kemp. Um, I know Tim Hardaway was good. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I was I've said, kind of, nothing to be honest with you. I was I was pretty surprised with Tim Hardaway's grades because Tim Hardaway was an all star for many, many years um, and regarded as one of the better um, uh, penetrating point guards um, in, in for a while. His U top two step was was I mean, was nasty, filthy. Um, but um, yeah, I was kind of a little surprised by his grades. Um, I thought they should have been a little bit better, um, especially um, – I just think that his grades should have been a little bit better than, than what they were. Um, but one player that interests me, especially with the changes to the rules, is Mookie Blaylock. Um, I think if you pump points into his inside, you might have – a really, really good point guard there with his already having an A-minus defense, uh, a B outside shot. Um, if you can get that um, inside scoring up to the B level somewhere um, and that jumper can get up to a B-plus, A-minus level um, through national progression or by you dumping, getting points in there, maybe hopefully he's just on the border of C plus and you can get him to a B minus inside, um, and then pump the rest of the points into his jumper. Uh, I, I really think you might have something there in Hardaway and, and, and I, I like it for the Sacramento Kings. Is this Mookie or uh, is this... I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. Mookie Blaylock. Yeah. So for the Sonics, I'm sorry for the CL Supersonics. Um, is, so, is, is who I really like. M- Mookie's defense grade really stood out to me. I liked it. Um, you know, that, that's great. The outside is good enough to, to be there. You know, the D, you don't, I think you don't need rebounding out of a point guard. It's more of a nice to have than a need to have, but D is pretty scary. Um, to me, that, that tells me he could be just rebounding, you know, he could be grabbing like two, two and a half boards a game. Um, and I don't know, maybe it's, maybe it's Ian who's a big fan of rebounding out of point guards that has kind of, and he's been beating that one. So it just makes me think that he, uh, you know, that, that it's more important than it is. But um, the thing that scared me about Mookie, I, I was thinking, you know, he'd be a good sort of mid first round pick, but one of his weaknesses is that he's, it says he's a little loose with the ball when driving. So the fact that he can't score inside, um, he's going to have a low jumper per his profile um, so that tells me he's got two categories that are going to need really to be improved Two very important things. You need to be a starter, um, depending on what those turnovers actually look like. So, uh, two things scared me about Mookie. Um, and you know, you can really only blow something, blow up one thing with upgrade points. Um, so those two things, plus a C inside grade, a lot of red flags with Mookie. So we'll, we'll see. But Eric, I want to, I want to, Random music trivia here while we while we while we have this guy on our mind. Do you guys know the album that is referenced or named after Mookie Blaylock by a famous band? I don't know. No, nor do I. Ten by Pearl Jam. Oh, he's number ten. Is that why? Yeah, yeah, that was his number in college. Um, 10 by Pearl Jam is, is why, now. yeah, that's what, that's, 
yeah, that's the reference to Mookie Blaylock. Um, uh, and I forgot the reason why it is that way. Yeah, and they're from Seattle, so I don't know. Yeah, it, it, but if you um there was something uh, about um they like a like the baseball card like an nba card with mookie blaylock they came across it or something as they were trying to name the album um and they used they were using it uh, the the card is kind of like a um as a uh, kind of a bookmarker type of thing and uh eventually they just use his number uh 10 i think it, it, at least that's a story the myth that i heard um um but um but yeah that that, that it that's i've i've heard it multiple times um so but uh but anyways that's that's the music trivia with mookie blaylock um, so you had a question for Eric. Go for it, uh, Tim. Yeah. So, so Eric, I know when people have complained about players, like DK was complaining about Joe Johnson today, and others have complained at various times for the past couple draft classes, which admittedly I think historically are pretty weak drafts. I don't think anybody, anybody would disagree with that. But um, your response has generally been, you know, seems to match their profile pretty well. And I don't think anybody would argue with that. So I guess, I guess a couple of questions. Um, yeah. My first is what, you know, looking at a guy like uh, whoever I was just talking about that I forgot about, um, shoot, who was it? Uh, Amadillo, where he has a C-plus defense, um, but there's nothing in his profile. So does that mean then that you are, like, you are going to go by, are you going to look at his basketball reference and just, like, go for some numbers and try and match it up? Or, like, what, what is, are you just going to have some fun with it if there's nothing listed there? What, what's your approach um, when there is nothing about an attribute in their profile. I definitely never, ever look at the basketball reference for this purpose. Basketball reference is a great site, obviously. They're a little overboard with the um, video ads, but everybody is these days. Uh, it's definitely not something I'm going to do because I don't follow college basketball. I certainly didn't follow college basketball in 1984 or whenever these guys went to college. And so I have no way of extrapolating from, okay, this guy had four blocks a game and the American Athletic Conference of the Big East Sun Conference Conference. I don't know what that means. I'm not interested in figuring out what that means. I'm certainly not interested in having all the gyms in the league trying to figure out what I figured out from what that means. It's a rabbit hole that I don't think any of us need to go down. I am much more a fan of if there's nothing there, there's nothing there. And while I have some leeway, I'm obviously not going to make something a strength if it's not listed as a strength. I'm not going to make something a weakness if it's not listed as a weakness. I think that while I strongly endorse GM activity, this kind of trying to parse, well, what does he think that this stuff means and what do I think? It's, it's not worth anybody's time. So I would just say okay. as a general rule, if it's not a strength, if it's not listed as a strength, it's not going to be a strength. If it's not listed as a weakness, it's not going to be a weakness. So to, to add to that, um, just kind of to throw out a hypothetical, let's say you take, uh, you know, the lap as draft master takes a guy that nobody's ever heard of and, 
you know, I don't know, I'm just going to grab somebody from this class just for, for the sake of the scenario, like Tom Hammonds. Let's say it's just some random guy and the lap writes up a profile that says, you know, has like five strengths and no weaknesses. Now, obviously, is that something you'd be like, hey, the lap, like not cool, like let's, let's work on this one? Um, or are you going to follow that to a T and does that therefore give the lap a certain level of, power when it comes to making these profiles because you are i think probably following these profiles clo more closely than an odin or a 20s or whoever else is commissioned i can't speak to how closely other people follow profiles but i will say that if there is a profile that strikes me as off then i will talk to Delp about it and there will be a public post about it that something has been changed so there's never going to be a surprise for anyone. Hmm. Uh, there's going to be surprises because, again, there's so much randomness in the software and there's training camps and everything. But there's never going to be a thing where Delp was a guy with five strengths and it turns out he has no strength, something like that. It's all going to be publicly posted. And I, for one, never looked at the draft board, so I don't, I don't know what other people do. But if you are looking for information and you find something in the draft board, then unless you see something between that and the draft, you can go by that. Noted. Okay, uh, we have a request by Soup um, in uh, chat. He wants to hear about the Kings. Uh, are the Kings run by a team or are they open right now? <laughs> That's BK's team. <laughs> oh. Okay, so Soup wants to right. take some shots at DK right now, and he wants to hear about the Kings. Um, since Soup, um, you are a bitch and you're not in the league, uh, we will accommodate you this one time, and we're going to go a little bit off of our scheduled format, and we're going to talk a little bit about the Kings. Um, so I'm going to kind of talk for a second, because I, I would hope that uh, as I'm doing this, you guys are pulling them up. Um, to uh, I'm like 95% sure that BK is in the chat as soup. So let's uh, let's let's not assume that that's actually him. Soup hasn't been on the board, and let's see how long. Um, yeah, that oh. like you you just got fooled pretty bad. He hasn't been on the board. Did I really? A month. So yeah, you just got took by BK. So I'm sorry. So let's definitely not talk about the Kings because that was bad. Okay, Eric. Okay, um, BK, you are a tricky motherfucker, um, and uh, I really. This is about all I have to say uh, about your your team sucks. Okay, and and that's about all I can say. Okay, you you want answers? you're not going to be able to handle the truth. I think Jack Nicholson said it best right there for me. Um, so BK, fuck you for trying to trick me or tricking me actually. Um, Cause I really thought it was soup that was on. Um, so yeah. Well, I, I, I think we actually have an interesting team here um, because uh, Bison Dell, I think actually he's pretty much the anchor to that team. Uh, he turned out better than I think many would have thought. Um, let's see how many picks on so 12, the Kings have my pick Hornets first, their first. So I think their first may be the only lottery pick there. Um, and in the future they have their own picks, but I don't think, you know, 
Yeah, he was, he was trying to get Lou Alcindor from me. He was trying to get Lou Alcindor from me after I drafted him for uh, seven lotto picks. He said, um, yeah, which uh, I kind of looked and said, uh, I don't think you have one of the best players he's ever built. Um, but you know, he he put Craig Raymond and Wes Unseld on the block, um, which BK creates trade blocks pretty often. So we'll see if anybody actually bites on acquiring. I think both of those players can be very serviceable players. Um, I know JHB really likes Craig Raymond. Uh, I, I don't know. He's he's efficient, but um, I, I, he has a good field goal percentage. I should say, pretty awful free throw shooter. I don't think he's been upgraded. Um, but you know, he looks like he could be like a. 20 and 12 kind of guy, maybe, uh, maybe a little more with upgrades. So I like, I think Raymond could be fine. I think Unseld could be fine. Um, there's really, you know, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen with Walt Frazier. Um, doesn't really play defense. Uh, you know, I don't think he has much at point guard. I don't think he has much at small forward. Um, I mean, they're fine. Kings are fine. For for um, for us now talking about the Kings, you're sure talking about the Kings a lot right now. Yeah, well, I I figured if BK is actually listening, then you know, well, that's my most people in league aren't even going to listen to this. So let's let's you know, okay. make the, the let's, happy, let's humor our crowd. Okay, I, I'll go with that. Let's humor our crowd. Yeah, um, uh, Mike, since you're listening, you're uh, alive. Your team will be talked about as well. Uh, so kudos to you for being on the podcast. Who else do we have on the podcast? Uh, I think that's it. Just Mike. So, well, who's guest five? If might be Ian. Oh, could that be Ian? Okay. If it's Ian, know. we'll talk. I, about I don't it. know. That, that's just a wild guess. Well, we will assume guest five is Ian. So, uh, Ian, your Timberwolves will be discussed as will you. Um, yes, so, I said nope, uh, not Ian. So who knows? Um, <laughs> nope, not Ian. Yeah. Then who is guest five? Do you want do you want us to talk about your team? I just want to say really quick. I think you're underrating Wes Unseld a little bit because I think he's a good scorer and a very good rebounder. The defense obviously is not there, but he's got two strengths. So I mean, that's not nothing. That's I wouldn't throw that away for nothing, but. We'll see what Billy does. I mean, if you look at, compare him to Bison, Bison doesn't play defense either, and he's definitely a worse rebounder. So if we're all agreeing now that Bison is good, which I think we should, then I think Wes Unseld should be in the same conversation. Yeah, I like Wes Unseld better than Craig Raymond, for sure. Um, so what if you extrapolate that 26 minutes to, uh, what, he's probably like a 20, 20 and 11 guy or so without without any upgrades, something like that. Um, yeah, I mean, I, he, his, his field goal percentage, I took a look when DK posted that trade block, um, that bumping from 46% last season to 49% in his second season, um, he, he played a, a little bit, about a minute and a half more last season, but he was up over 10 boards. Um, yeah, I, I think West, West could be a good player. Um, I think he's already gotten plus 15 in his number, so he's got 10 points left. Um, does with that yeah and you said walt frazier he's putting on the board as well uh on the trade block uh no walt frazier was not on bk's trade block who was it Mike, so don't it was be West- mad about not drafting bison uh zan tabak's a really good player he's much better defensively than bison like much much better he's more efficient um 
you gave him a plus 25. We can hope for a little bit of natural growth there scoring, but he's a better rebounder. He's a defend. He's a good defender. He's a, I mean, let me, let me get his points for TSA real quick. Keep talking to SPL. Mike just posted and shout that oh, that, is now yeah. that he had drafted Bison Dell, which I actually told him to do. Okay. But, you know, Mike, Mike's running his own team, which is fine. Uh, real quick, where the fuck is Chocolate City? It says greetings from Chocolate City. Washington, D.C. So that is Pete, Pistol Pete, right? No. Kane? Kane? <laughs> yeah. Oh, Pete's in Washington, D.C. You also yeah, have, I think, definitely have... not on the pod. Can is not uh, on the pod. And I wonder if Chocolate City might be a reference to his skin color. Oh, so you're so that th- that would be uh, 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 that would be our brother from uh, from Washington. Then um, that would be uh, um, uh, KN. KN. Okay. Okay. Okay, Mike. We could we could go. Um, real quick, I want to go back to that what what I was talking about. So when it comes to okay, go ahead, go PSA, for it. When it comes to points for TSA, Zan Payback is at 1.1627, and Bison Dell's at 1.1622. This was just last season after Tayback got his upgrade. So you have to go four decimal places, but Tayback is technically a better scorer. He's a much better defender. He's a better rebounder, um, and both of them have gotten all their upgrades. He also turns it over about a third as many times as Dell. So I don't think you should be mad. I also think that uh, you have a team that has Katino Mobley, Michael Jordan, and uh, Andre Turner as volume scores, so take him off that team, and Van Tabak's probably putting up a lot more than 15 points a game. So uh, I still think you actually made the right choice um, in taking Tabak over Bison, so congrats on not taking my advice. You did the right thing. Yeah, just looking at Tabak looks like uh, I, me, um, I probably would have taken Tabak over um, uh I would take Tay back over Bison as well um, right now uh, as as players are constructed just because Bison, Tayback's going to play a lot more defense, not turn it over as much, much more. Um, I think he's a more efficient scorer. I, I'm not saying Bison's a bad scorer by any means. Um, I wanted to acquire they're, Bison. They're, they're, they're pretty much the same when it comes to scoring. They're, they're like the okay. same guy. Okay. Uh, so they're same. They're about the same scoring efficiency, uh, but Bison I think puts up more shots, which is more points. Um, I think Tayback's a, what, a better rebounder, if I'm if if I'm correct. I'm trying to pull up the two teams right now so I can kind of look at them side by side. Um, but yeah. I'm, my, I, I, my old I'm ass is failing. Yeah, he's a better rebounder. He's a much better rebounder. He's, um, he's okay. averaging two rebounds more per game. Uh, yeah, that, and that's significant. Than, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, I, I Mike, uh, Mike, I have to agree with uh, Tim here. Uh, Eric, your thoughts on that uh, between uh, Tayback and uh, Bison? Uh, who's a player that you would take on your roster? Definitely Eric. Probably neither. Probably neither. <laughs> I'm not really loving either one. And again, when I think my roster, I think the Knicks roster which is always going to have a lot of guys making a lot of money. And so this kind of guy about to come what off. What is there not to like about Payback's game? 
when he's on a rookie deal, obviously you love everything. I would I would love to have either guy on a perpetual rookie deal, but you can't have guys on perpetual rookie deals. You're going to have to pay them money. And I don't think, in the case of my teams, again, which are never teams that have a lot of money to throw around, I think you're going to have to pay a max to get either guy back. And if we look at the Knicks roster right now, which is basically what I would do, there's no room for that. Okay, so I was I taking really it pretty want... literally here, but you you said he's a max player. Yeah, I think – well, let me clarify. I think you have to pay a max to have either player on your roster. I'm not going to say that either one is going to put up, you know, 12 win shares or whatever you think a max player deserves. But I think given the market going into free agency next year, I think you're going to have to pay a max, definitely for Delhi, because Billy talks about him all the time. So everybody's going to think, ooh, I wonder who I should spend money on. And probably also for Tabak. I think Tabak has less weaknesses and less strength. Overall, I think they're probably in pretty much the same range. But again, I think if you have to pay a max for either, and I understand that I'm taking the question literally, but that's kind of my shtick, I wouldn't really want either one on my roster. I would probably try to move them in this year for, I don't know what, certainly a guy in a longer-term contract. Uh, probably, since we just talked about KN, probably somebody that KN has on a super low-market deal. Uh, Shabazz Muhammad, for instance. I don't think he's as good a player. I think it's close, but I would rather have Shabazz Muhammad on the multi-term, multi-year deal than the guy on the one-year deal that I'm about to have to pay a lot of money. You mean, I... No, real quick, just just looking at the Nuggets team, um, uh, I want to say this to Mike now that I'm kind of looking at his team and we're kind of addressing his team. I, I really like his team. Um, I mean, I think, you I mean, I, if he actually puts points in a camp, I think camp can be something really good. Uh, you pair, that gives you two pretty decent bigs in Tayback and Kemp. Um, Michael Jordan's a good scorer. Um, Andre Turner looks is, is a decent point guard. Um, is a good point guard, I should say. Um, uh, Mobley, you mean... He really doesn't have a small forward. He, 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 and that's where I think his team's going to be killed right now is the rebounding uh, edge because uh, Turner's not a good rebounder at point. Um, uh, Jordan isn't a good rebounder for some reason at shooting guard or or maybe he's playing him out of position at, at uh, small forward. Uh, Mobley uh, is, is a fantastic scorer. Yeah, Mobley is a really efficient scorer and good scorer, uh, but still, he's only putting up 5.7 rebounds on its small forward. Um, you're probably giving up three to four rebounds uh, off of the average small forward at that position, and that's that's going to hurt you. I mean, you either need, I mean, if he had like if he had a point guard that was averaging five to six, then uh, you can kind of get away with giving up away the rebounds there um, at that small forward position. Or if you had two bigs that were averaging 12 plus, um, yeah, you can give up a little bit of rebounds at, at your small forward position. But with the way his team's constructed, I mean, he's kind of low at shooting guard, point guard, and small forward with his rebounds. Um, 
I don't know. You mean I started valuing valuing rebound when I came back here and I started doing some analysis. I, I've really put a value on rebounds and um, rebounds as, as a stat um, in putting my team together. Um, and um, because I, I'm 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 kind of noticing the teams that are that are winning consistently and in contention consistently are the better rebounding teams. Um, so that's just my opinion. Um, um, so take that for, for what's worth, Mike. I think you have a pretty darn good roster. I think you just need to sure up that small forward position um, and get somebody in there that can rebound a little bit better. Um, uh, Catino Mobley is... Um, you should say Michael Gordon. Gonna... Keep Mobley. That's my that's my hot take. Yeah, you I mean you could you I mean you could move one of one of them because they're both essentially efficient scorers. Um, I, I don't think Jordan. I think Jordan four fifty six. I think seasons prior his scoring efficiency was better. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, four seventy four four eighty four shooting four seventy one four seventy one four seventy seven four ninety four. Um, so. Career 469. Um, so he, he shot underneath his um, his career average last season. Now he, he is starting to get old. He is turned 30. Um, he's not that old, but um, he's starting to get up there. But um, I think he just had a down year on scoring efficiency last season compared to his career numbers. But you're going to get two steals from him. Um, I mean, you're going to get, um, I think, a better uh, three-point percentage from Jordan. Uh, just looking at his three-point percentage, uh, career average of 413. I'm not sure what Mobley's is. But I think between Jordan and Mobley, it's you have the same, almost the same efficiency of a player. Um, Jordan, I think, shoots at a higher volume. Um which is nice to have um, and um, plays a little better defense. But, I mean, again, you I mean, the, you you have to play one of these two at small forward, and I don't think that's the best route to go, unfortunately. Eric, what do you think about that? I think that he's going to probably regret that Andre Turner contract, because it's a lot. And Andre Turner is not that good. And he's, he's fine. Oh, he's shit. Player. I didn't even notice it's that contract. It's a big contract. I don't think he needed to but, pay him that much, but he had to bring him back. With all that said, I think he can still bring back Mobley and bring back Zantabak. Because like I said, I think he's a max player. So you max him. You max Mobley. And then you're at about $70 million in cap which is not exactly where you want to be with six players, but as we just talked about with now, the Knicks, this, 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 this $5.6 million contract that Mobley has right now, is that something, was that a one-year deal that Mobley agreed? No, his, his greed is five. He offered to re-sign for a very, very cheap contract, so I'll probably do it again, one of the things. Okay, so could you... Okay. No? No, I would not. And he might, and you hope he does. But the thing with the greed is it's not just a function of greed. It's also a function of how good the player is. For instance, Kyrie Irving in 4.0 was among 
the best players of all. And so he would ask for a refund for like, on his first max, he asked for like 11.7 and then escalating from there. So yes, there's a discount, but uh, I wouldn't bank on it. And the other thing is, if they are giving that extreme of a discount, you might also kind of start to get worried about the asset, uh, the attributes you can't see. Like maybe his perimeter defense is terrible. Maybe something else is really bad that you can't quite see, like uh, quickness or something. I don't know. Not that those stats matter. I mean, when the guy is scoring 25 a game on great percentages, you're not that worried about individual stats. But I would be, I would be worried either way. Either that he's going to offer a terrible deal, which means maybe he's not as good as you think, or he doesn't offer, and you got to pay him big money. But in the largest perspective, I would again say I'm not that worried about the Nuggets because I think they can bring back all their guys. And if Kemp is good, and we all expect him to be good, then they have two good bigs, two good wings, and a good point guard. And that's a pretty good place to be. Uh, and then you just got to fill no, in real, real quick question here. Um, and again, I – I have some ignorance in terms of the software, you mean, and and how things kind of work. Now, in real life, Kemp was uh, out of the gym jumper. Um, the guy could just jump. Had, the guy just had enormous hops. Um, so I would think his jumping skill is very high. It's excellent. Um, would, would that inflate... Um, some of his numbers in terms of uh, rebounds, inside scoring to the to what it actually is at is that level. Could Sean Kemp actually be smoke and mirrors um, based off of uh, a high jump rating? Uh, I'll throw this out to Eric since he's a guru of uh, of of what everything means. So the only grade that jumping factors into is inside scoring. So in terms of having high jumping, you can ignore that for the rest of the grade. Uh, with that said, jumping is the least uh, good input for inside scoring. You would rather have, you would always rather have inside scoring attribute. And if you couldn't have that, you would rather have strength. If you didn't have that, uh, you would tell for jumping. Because jumping isn't an outright bad attribute, the way that uh, drive defense or passing in a big man or passing in general is. Uh, it just inflates volume. And it doesn't grow. So if you have a player that was like a C-plus inside and that was all jumping, he'd be terrible. With an A-minus, you have a lot of extra room. I'm not saying he's going to be a great scorer. I'm just saying if you knew a guy had A-minus inside and 100 jumping, that's not the worst thing in the world. Okay. Well, his Fair enough. Also says, his profile says best leaper, so obviously great drumming. Incredibly strong. So he's going to have good strength, which is the second most important attribute for inside, right, Eric? And then thunderous finisher against weak competition. We can only assume that will continue. You can't really differentiate in the software good versus weak competition. So I don't know if maybe that means Eric looks at that, gives him a good inside grade, then knocks it down a little bit because he played against poor competition. I don't know how Eric would interpret that necessarily, but that should tell me at least that his inside is above average. So he has all three of the most important attributes for inside there highlighted and that's reflected in his inside a minus grade so you put all that together and it should and since strength and jumping the two athletic attributes are the ones that don't improve but inside does or can then he's in pretty darn good shape to be a good scorer and so at least inside and so in theory Mike should only have to invest in 
other attributes, you know, probably his jump shot because he's probably going to get fouled a lot. Um, but I, I don't know. Sean Kemp should be a pretty good inside scorer if his Eric is as, uh, as loyal to the profile as he says. Just an inside okay. scoring really quick. Uh, it's an unusual distribution. Most of the stats have normal distribution. So uh, there's the average, and they're close to the average, and then the further away from the average, the less likely it is. Inside scoring is unusual, and it has a long tail. So if you look at just the maximum, it looks like, sure, inside scoring grows all the time. Uh, but it turns out that the, it's like the athleticism attributes. It's mostly clustered around the uh, middle, which for inside scoring is actually zero. So there are fringe cases where it improves a lot, and most of the time it doesn't. As compared to athleticism, where there's no fringe cases, it just pretty much never changes. Just throwing that out there. Okay. Um, so let's move on to, to, to KN's team since we got him in, 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 in chat right now and let's overanalyze his team. Is, is he the Washington Bullets or did he change his team name? Yeah, he's the Bullets. He is the Bullets. Um, so looking at the Bullets real quick and, and I'm going to talk for a second here while you guys are pulling everything up and getting your kind of your thoughts together because I know we're kind of uh, winging this a little bit. Um, he's got uh, point guard Max uh, Zazvalski. Um, he has, um, I, and I know I just completely fucked that up and butchered it, but come on, I'm Southside South Chicago yeah. Irish. I mean, I, 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 my edumacation was not the best, um, so um, so bear with me here. I'm trying to pronounce. You got two Polish uh, on got, the line. You got to say Polish names, right? Come on. Tim and I yeah. are both Are you guys both Polacks? I didn't know that. Yeah. We okay. Yeah. I'm gonna have to the next podcast. I'm gonna come in with Polish jokes, just to offend both of you. Um, but no, then he's got Shabazz Muhammad, who I, I think is a really good, efficient scorer. Um, that um, uh, Shabazz is shooting guard eligible. So with his 6.1 rebounds, you can play him there, uh, which 6.1 rebounds is is, is okay uh, for a shooting guard. Um, then he's got Dennis Moore and Peyton Gregg as bigs. Um, I like the defense of Dennis Moore. Um, I like it a lot. Um, he's on a good long-term contract. Um, and uh, Peyton Gregg, I mean, really, really good uh, big as well. Um, so he's... He, Bullets are a good darn team that if he can fill that small forward spot again, um, he, he's got he's got something really nice. You know, he, he had a really good free agency last year, if I remember correctly, in terms of who he signed and the and the value he got on the contracts. So um, he's got about he's got about nine point five million in cap space. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what he can do to fill that spot because I imagine small forward is going to be a position that he's going to look to, uh, to acquire. You mean, um, so just looking at free agency real quick, um, I would kind of, he he shouldn't invest in anybody this year, in my opinion, free, the free agents. I'm not saying he, he can go after somebody in a one-year contract. Um, oh, sure. Like a Benji, like a Benji Wilson, for example, I think would be a fit for him. Um, I think. Paul um, Pierce? 
Yeah, Paul Pierce would definitely be a fit for him. He's a good rebounder there's, there's that can couple, play There's some good small forwards here. I take him back what I said. Yeah. There's some good, definitely playable small forwards here. Yeah, so 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 I I really think um, that uh, that's something that he needs to address. Um, he, that will give him a good starting five. He just needs to start building up his depth. Um, he doesn't have really the roster depth that to to to, to contend. Um, I think. Um, but uh, George McLeod looks interesting. Um, I will say that. I wish his defense and his uh, rebounding numbers were a little bit better. Um, um, but I mean, C plus inside scoring, A minus outside uh, outside scoring, very very good scoring grades with a C minus um, um, with a C minus uh, um, handling. So maybe maybe he plays McLeod at. Uh, um, at the shooting guard Shabazz at small for, small forward because he do does have two pretty good rebounding bags, um, yeah, but he could probably get away with that. But I mean, it's gonna be interesting to see how he fills out his roster right now because uh, he's got cap room to play with. There's some good small forwards that are out there that are efficient in scoring uh, good rebounders um, that uh, I think would help his team out. And uh, then he, then he has some depth in McLeod um, for his wings um, to kind of back them up or, or uh, to be the kind of the backup um, for shooting guard and small forward um, that should get some decent minutes, like 25 minutes a game in his rookie season and give him a good idea of what he has with them. So, um, now that SPL interjected his, I'm going to go to uh, Eric. Eric, what do you think of KN's team? What are your thoughts? I wanted to say uh, I was very impressed by KN's last two free agencies, where he got Shabazz and Max Zaslavsky. I was expecting more from the Bullets, just from their okay. roster construction. How, how do you pronounce his name again? How, can one of you Polacks tell me how I – because I said Zavosky, right? It's That's Zavosky. what you said. It's what, what is it? Zaflosky. Zaflosky. That's how you say that? Just like it's spelled. Man, you pull uh, off. He's actually sorry, Russian, Rich. though. In uh, looking at his Wikipedia page, he is Russian, so feel free to continue mispronouncing SPL. <laughs> is that Polish? I thought no, Alski is Polish. The, the, the Y, the, well, the Y at the end is the giveaway there. Oh. Okay. But the thing is, back when people were immigrating in the 1899-1900 range, what we consider Poland was part of Russia in places. The borders were not totally settled as we consider them. So it's possible that he was actually Polish and they just changed the name when he came over because they thought he was Russian, because he was Russian then, but now he's Polish. But I digress. I want to put that all aside. I just want to say the Bullets have some good players. I expected more from them. 38 wins is less than I expected. And according to the Pythagorean, they actually got lucky to even get that far. They should have had 35. So I don't know what the issue is. Uh, I would just say get better bigs. That's all I can think of in 5.0 because they have one good scoring big. Dennis Moore is good. He's a good defender. He's a good rebounder. But he doesn't put the ball in the basket. So I would try to get some better bigs. And uh, Yeah, I, say, I would uh, probably say 
I would probably say, I mean, Dennis Moore should be probably his third big um, that gets the backup big minutes. He needs a, probably uh, a quality big. I mean, that wouldn't be a bad idea, but um, either needs that or he needs a really, really good score at shooting guard small forward um, to take the pressure off of that starting big that's not putting up points. And I just but, go ahead, Eric. Sorry, sorry for stepping on your toes. I'm sorry, Eric. Um, I'll shut up now. Okay, thanks. It's no problem. I just want to say good night. I've had a great time. I'm going to bed. Thanks, guys. I look forward to hearing the rest of that. Okay, All sounds right, great. Thanks uh, for joining. Okay, so uh, as we talked pre-show, um, Eric did not want us to address. Well, hold on, uh, I'm going to talk about the bullets first. I want to, I want to get my thoughts okay. on the bullets. Okay, well, um, okay, you give so your thoughts on the bullets, year, and then we'll get into the rule changes. Last year, the bullets started seven and one. They looked real good coming out of the gate, and I think a couple of us were talking. Shout, they looked like maybe they were a player away from being a really, really good team. Um, and one thing about what well, you mentioned, George McLeod, and how he should be a good backup wing. He was drafted fourth overall, so I think Can better is probably hoping he's a lot more than a, a, a backup wing. Um, I don't know much about George McLeod, but I know he is pretty pumped to take him. Hold on, let me pull up his IRL stats here real quick. Um, let's see. So it looks like he had a season uh, with the Mavericks where he averaged 19 points. That was really his own, only. Really nice season, uh, at least from a points per game perspective, without looking at everything else. So, anyway, um, you know, Greg's a great, great player. Zeslowski's a great player. They're both a little bit older uh, than, than I think you'd like. Their their ages don't really align with some of these other guys. Um, they're going to be getting paid big money. Um, he, you know, finally, uh, he's had some of the worst luck in the unweighted lottery. Um, can has uh, so. I think that's kind of meant he's been stuck in a, a rough situation for a while. He also had some bad free agency luck with Simi Shitu. So sorry about that, uh, Can. But I mean, sorry, sorry, but interesting sorry. because yeah, um, Greg is a fantastic shooting big. He he is one of the better. I mean, he's a career forty percent shooter as a power forward, thirty-three point shooter as a power forward. Um, and then you got Max, who's also a very, very good outside shooter, 39% shooter from three. Um, so you have two really, really good outside players. Shabazz Muhammad can't play outside. The guy's attempted, well, he's, okay, he's attempted uh, 579 threes over six years, so less than 100 threes per season. Um, and so one, one thing I learned from Eric and the teams that he had that were successful at the beginning of 5.0 is you need players and, you know, there are obviously counters to this, but you need players who play a similar style of game. You can't, like, I know you were trying to get guys who thrive inside, and that's what I've been trying to do at the Bulls and, and kind of working in those strategies. Um, so having these two really, really great outside players, and then McLeod, who looks like he's going to be an outside guy, and then Shabazz, who's an inside guy, but probably on one of the best contracts in the league, it's interesting to see. I know he's running a balanced team. Um, I haven't found balanced teams to be super successful except for like the Hornets, but that's because they have like three Hall of Famers on their roster. Um, so, you know, I just think that like it's an interesting way to build a team. It's an interesting makeup, um, but it's tough because of the ages, the age inconsistencies. Um, but he has some really, really good players that if he wanted to, 
um, could probably flip them for a lot of assets and then, you know, make those, those ages more consistent. But, you know, that's up to him. To be honest with you, you mean, yeah, Shabazz is a really good inside scorer. Um, I would almost look to, I would get, you know, and again, you mean, you got Greg that's getting old, uh, Zava, Zaslavsky, who's getting old. I'm fuck it. I'm just gonna call him Max. Um, I'm too retarded of an Irish guy from the South Side of Chicago to, to pronounce these names right. Uh, so Max, I mean, he's getting older as well. He's last year of his contract, um, but uh, they're good outside efficiency three point shooters. And if McLeod is a really good outside shooting scorer, you I mean, because look at Peyton Gregg, his three-point percentage is 418, uh, 398 for Max. Um, that's pretty darn good. Um, um, if you're hitting around 40% or more, I mean, that's pretty darn good. Um, and I would definitely take that. So, um the problem that you have is uh, Chavez, you mean, he's shooting 501 from the field, um, and he's more of an inside scorer. So if you were to put him in an outside offense, you mean, his efficiency is going to drop a ton. Um, so balance is probably the way to go with how he has his team, unless he's able to move Chavez for a heck of a lot of value. Um and get something that really fits his roster and go to an in, uh, go to a complete outside setting. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see where he goes with this um, because he's, I think he's got a very interesting roster with a lot of good pieces. Yeah. And he's got some cap room. So I do think if he can do something with that, then he can certainly have a playoff team. Um, no doubt about it. Okay, um, so let's Talk jump these in. rule changes, and then I gotta I gotta head out too. Oh, you gotta head out too. Okay, so we'll we'll, well talk about the rule changes. The rule changes, and then yeah. Okay, um, so rule changes. I'm gonna read it as it is. Um, uh, all players are not now locked into their current position. No position changes. He says. Um, this is as, as of December 27th. Um, they were already locked into their positions from a rule that he made in two, uh, two seasons ago. Um, so that, that's nothing new. Um, they were already locked. I tr- as we'll get into it, I tried to change Livio um, once this was proposed and I was shot down because of the rule that's already in place. Um, no more combo guards or forward pro all current upgrade caps and rules applied to the positions as written now. Uh, C can play center or power forward. Power forward can play power forward or center. Small forward can play center, power forward, center, uh, shooting for uh, small forward or shooting guard if under nine shooting guard can play center power forward small forward or shooting guard point guard can play any position so there's now no um with point guards you have to have handling um there's no shooting guards that can play the point guard position reading at the rules here um so if you have a, a really good handling shooting guard, sorry, he's locked into his position of shooting guard or small forward. You're not going to be able to play him at point guard. Um, are some of the rules and and, and um, Tim, I want to get your feedback on Livio since 
basically the rule changes thread went four pages about him. Um, and uh, obviously, if you read the four pages, you'll see my argument and my contention with him. Um, mm -hmm. So, Tim, I, obviously, my opinions are already voiced out there. Uh, you voiced yours a little bit. What's your stance on on uh, Livio and, and, and the rule change? Well, I, I think ultimately this comes down to commissioner changes. Um, Odin had very was very intentional about who he created as combo guards and who he created as these combo forwards or whatever you want to call them. Um, and so, you know, that, that created a somewhat convoluted position system. Um, but one we all got used to and, you know, the rules were out there. It, like, I, I should, it wasn't confusing, um, but there was just a lot to it. Uh, and so when he departed temporarily and Drews came in for a couple seasons and decided to turn those over, it added more confusion. And then there's, I mean, if you look in the rules, there's one draft class that has its own set of rules for eligibility, which is pretty absurd. Um, and, and yes, Mike, uh, Mike's in shout. Livio was Drews's. Um, Livio was created as a forward and then Drews got rid of combo forwards or whatever you want to call it. And then we also have this system where like half the guys who were supposed to get asterisk got them and half weren't. And, and so blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I, I, a hundred percent understand your contention SPL. And I understand why, like it sucks to have the guy who, especially since he just had a career year. Um, it's, it, it kind of blows. Um, that's, that's tough. Um, but, you know, also keep in mind that the only reason like, Mike loved Livio and he had him play one really, really good year, I think, at small forward um, before Drew said, like, that's not allowed anymore. So then Mike dealt Livio. And so, you know, the situation you're in, yeah, it kind of blows, but like, it'd be kind of shitty to Mike who drafted him and who, well, I don't know if he upgraded him at all. I don't think he did. Um, but it'd be kind of shitty to Mike if he. No, I dumped, I'm, I dumped 25 points into Livio. Okay. So it'd be, it'd be shitty for Mike if he was the one who drafted him and was playing him and had to follow these rules. And then the rules were changed after Mike had traded this guy. And so, you know, think about the, the position Mike's in that you're kind of experiencing the same thing. Um, it, it sucks for him, but like, I honestly wouldn't have been opposed to it going either way. Um, I, you know, some people have complained about Eric's unwillingness, quote unquote, to bend uh, in certain ways, but I don't hate that. I think it keeps things pretty dang straightforward, pretty honest, um, no confusion. Like, you know, I, I'm all for simplicity in this way. Um, you know, there, there are things that Eric has gotten rid of or taken away that like, I, I am far more concerned about than these position rules. Um, since the beginning of 5.0, people have been bitching about point guard eligibility and, you know, a guy create, you know, you draft a point guard with C plus handles and he can't even play point guard and, and it becomes this whole big issue. So people have been complaining about that. Honestly, I don't think forwards are, were ever really the issue on um, here. That, that wasn't even really, in my opinion, the basis for the, the rule proposal change or to, to positions. Um, it was all about point guards and their handling grades. So I, I don't know, man. It, it's like, I don't have a super strong opinion one way or the other. I can see both sides here pretty clearly. Um, but I think it's a situation where like Livio is a power forward. Yeah. He's like not an elite rebounder, but like he's still a very, very serviceable player. 
and a player that I think can contribute to a team. I don't think, I, I can't remember if it was, I think, I think Mike signed him to his current contract and then traded him to BK. Um, I don't think he's a $15 million player. Um, I don't think he ever was uh, a guy who doesn't play defense at all. Um, he, but, he, you know. he is a $15 million player if he's at small forward. Um, I will say that. that much because yeah, the, like, I don't agree with that. And, and that's fine. We have our differences on players and stuff like that. And that's, that's totally fine. Um, and I can see why you would think that because he, I mean, he had one extraordinarily efficient year this year in shooting 55%. Last year he shot 46%, 48% the year before. He's had two really good years at 52%. Yeah, but, but you, that, you, you have to look 50. at the previous seasons. He was playing power forward, so he's playing against bigger players that were affecting his shots more on a regular base. You mean you put him at small forward, he's going to score better. Um, at the small forward position and being more efficient. Uh, plus, on top of it, you mean you go from 8.2 rebounds at power forward to 8.2 rebounds at at small forward, and 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 that looks a lot better. Um, well, no, I think you, if if you're going to apply that rule about efficiency, then you have to apply the same thing. He's averaging, I mean, he was averaging 10 rebounds per game. Uh, in his final year with the Nuggets, and I don't know what position he was playing then, if he was playing small forward, if he was playing power forward. But, like, you know, uh, I don't know. But that, that's not really what we're arguing here about Livio and how good he is. Um, no, Mike. We well, hear you. And, I, and again, 8.2 rebounds. 8.2 rebounds it was probably dumb because of my team, how my team was constructed in general. Um I had a lot of good rebounders last season. I had Jake, uh, Lou Alcindor. Um, I well, you had, picked up Jake uh, like halfway through the season, didn't you? Uh, yeah, right at the day 60 is when I picked Jake up, um, is, is, is when I picked him up. So I had, I had Jake for half the season. Um, and, um, Livio was playing power forward until that spot. Um, actually, no, Livio did play some small forward because Darius Miles got hurt. Um, and um, when Miles went down with a 20-day injury, that's when I gave um, uh, Livio a shot at small forward. I really, really liked what I saw. And that's what prompted me to try to figure a way to get him into the small forward position for for a longer period of time. Um, and um, and uh, then once I was able to acquire uh, Jake um, on day 60, um, I made that cha- made that trade and jumped all over it, um, and um, and uh, was able to move Livio to small forward. Uh, where he was able then to really rein in his efficiency because um, he killed it uh, the last 60 days of the season at, at the small forward position. I want to say his um, uh, points per game average went up about three to four, um, three to four points over 60 games, which is pretty sizable. Um, his rebounding actually stayed about the same. Um and like I said, you I mean even outside of Jake, you I mean I had um, Paul Pierce, who was a good rebounding shooting, guard, getting good rebounds and shooting guard, and I also added DeAnthony Melton, which got 6.1 rebounds at the shoot at the point guard position, which 6.1 rebounds at the point guard position is outstanding. Um, so um, 
I mean, I think that took away from some of his rebounds, just people rebounding better at other positions. There's only so many rebounds you can get per game. And uh, if you got other people on your team that are taking rebounds away from you, um, unfortunately, that's that's not going to help your rebounding total. Um, so um, just my opinion on Livio, um, why he his rebounds weren't, where they were the last few seasons, but it's still eight point two yeah, at the small eight point two at the small forward position is a really really good good rebounding total, uh, especially when we were we're talking about past players on other teams are getting five to six rebounds per game at the small forward position. So you're talking two plus rebounds more at the small forward position I'm getting with better efficiency or good efficiency um, in low turnovers. Um, Yeah, he might not play defense, but he's he's checking the rest of the boxes. Yeah, I mean, I get get why you like him, and I get why you're pissed off about the the rule change. And, like, it makes sense that, I mean, you know, it's it's one player who's still gonna have value. It's one player in, in the entirety of the league, and you can interpret that in two ways. That like it's one player, so one player shouldn't be given special treatment. But you can also say like it's one player, so this doesn't really need to be an issue outside of him. But like, I mean, I don't know. Eric, Eric made his thoughts felt in there, and it's like at that point, it's like well, you know, with here's the thing. It's like it's it's time I, it's time to move on, and it's time it's time to say like. This is the rule as it's going to be, so I need to adjust to it and adjust my. Well, I, I I I think that if this rule was going into place, you mean, I think he shouldn't. He he should have done something about the previous rule that he had, and he should have allowed position changes um, for players of eligibility from that point from a point of time until let's say training camp uh, hits, he should have allowed a window of eligibility changes um, because I mean, as I said in my analogy, you're driving down a road and the speed limit's 40 miles per hour. You obey that speed limit every yeah, day. He didn't, like miles per hour. He, he didn't like that analogy. So I don't well, think I do. was very effective. Well, <laughs> I mean, he I gave do. you a similar I, analogy that he liked and, and, you know, either analogy is, is apt. So, um, you know, like no use remaking it. Well, again, he's he's looking at it from the standpoint of, okay, the past. But you're also setting up your roster for the future as well. You're, you mean, so here's uh, the thing. Eric, Eric made in, two, in the 2009 rules as he posted, he, he determined that there were no more position changes. That was a done deal. And then in 2010, after that rule had been implemented, people decided to complain and ask for more positions or like for, for changes to apply to positions uh, or, or to, to our position eligibility. And Eric was agreeable to those changes and there was a vote and the changes were made. And so like, it's like he made- But wasn't the vote six to five? What does that matter? It, 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 it won. Yeah, but you're you're not talking uh, an overwhelming. Um, um, that doesn't matter. It won the it won the vote. Well, but still, you I mean you're talking to make a change within the league? I would think that you would need. You mean more than a one vote difference? It's it's. I mean, 
you're you're talking if if well, you're oh, if four. you're just so was it six to four? There's a two votes. One person was a chamber vote. Okay, and then um, like, I don't know what people voted. I can see who voted, but certain people didn't vote. Like Sexta didn't vote um, in the poll, but he said my only amendment would be if a shooting guard has a minus handling, he can be a backup point guard. So like you look at something like that. And his vote would have obviously been a yes, despite that rule. So, like, counting vote totals and counting what it is, it's like, and then BK, of course, voted for, like, I'm BK and I'm dumb or whatever. So it's like, you know, throw that vote out or, or I, I don't know. I think most votes here, I, I think it's a more overwhelming majority, but regardless, it's a majority. In fact, you voted yes. So, you know, and, and you I voted did. Yes I, I voted yes originally you, because you I have, thought that you have a vote I'm in for this. And right, because it's the correct rule. And the initial post is exactly what Eric copy and pasted. And so all players are now locked into their current positions and asterisk go away. And you voted yes. And he followed the exact rules in the exact way that it was written initially. And so, like, yeah, I, I didn't even I, I, I voted yes until I look at this now. Yeah, I did vote yes, I, and I I was in for the rule change. Um, me, uh, but I mean, if you look at it, I mean, I I thought he would have used more common sense and in and and allowed. I mean, position changes, players of eligibility to be moved to their correct positions. It, it, to me, it just made sense. I mean, um, no, but, I think but, like, I think if you positions, what does that mean? Well, the correct positions in terms of what they're eligible to play. I mean, if a guy's able to play small forward, I mean, he should be able to play small forward moving forward in the, in the league because uh, that's how you constructed your roster. Um, I mean, you, you don't construct your roster for one individual season. You conduct your roster. You build your roster for this season and as well as future seasons. So this rule, in essence, um, by not allowing you to allowing me to play this player at the position where I constructed my roster, um, is is hurting me for the but, future. Like you already admitted it. That's not how you con constructed your roster. You had him. You signed him to play power forward. You had Darius Miles as your starting small forward. Like you didn't sign or you didn't trade for Livio or whatever you did. You didn't acquire Livio to be your starting. Well, small I got I got player. Livio because I got him on a really good good value deal, and I wanted to yeah, see. Yeah, I know. I remember. I know. <laughs> I remember BK backing out of the trade with me. Yeah. So. I, I got Livio because I got him at a really, really good value. Um, and I thought better than what was on my roster. Um, so I, that's why I got him. Um, and I thought, I mean, this is a player. And again, I was signing Darius to small, to small term contracts um, because I was trying to see what I had in him as well. Um, I mean, because as, as me and you have talked in private, I mean, he was a guy that I was interested in um, just because I wanted to see how how things would go with him in an inside uh, inside offense um, uh, and see how we would play in, in my scheme in, in my scheme and how I was setting things up. I thought he was it was a good fit. Um, I mean, he hasn't done terribly. Um, he, he's done okay. It's just, I 
think that Livio is a much, much better fit at small forward. Yeah, and you discovered that, and that happens. And I'm sure if, like, Eric allowed, you know, me to play Simi Shitu at point guard, then he would be much better at point guard than any other options I have. But, like, obviously that's not the nature of the league. But here's the thing, you know, Eric made a change to position. Or when, when he first took over, he said no more position changes. Done deal. He established that. And as far as I know, at the time, he had no interest in changing other position eligibility rules. A proposal was made by JHB, and the league voted in favor of it as the rule was written, and he implemented the rule exactly as it was written. I don't think that Eric had the intention in 2009 when he said no position changes to eventually, I don't think he had the foresight to say in two years he was going to be changing other position eligibility. And so, like, that, that's not something he could have seen. He pretty much, and, you know, this is Eric, and it's something we all could have known that he was going to follow this to a T. And so he implemented the rule exactly as it was written, to a T, and that, like, that's what it ended up being, right? Like, he, he didn't change his previous rule. You voted yes on it. The majority voted yes. I'd say more than the 6-4 majority is showing. Um, yeah, I like. I don't know. I I don't think that. You mean I just I thought for there to be any special treatment. You mean I just think if you if you go back and if you would have asked some of the former commissioners that we had, I think they would have been more bending and more. Um, yeah, that's not Eric. Like you, you know that. I know, and, I know. It's, you know, it's just. If it was Odin, and, I have no hard feelings towards Eric with this. Um, I've texted with him, let him know, hey, I hope you don't take offense to my opposition to your your rule. You mean I'm I'm being civil about it? Um, and he told me, yeah, I don't have a problem with you questioning the rule or or questioning this as long as it doesn't get personal and and you're not making it personal. Yeah, and Eric, he uh, didn't make it personal. It didn't become anything more than like a discussion. I think the discussion's healthy, and I'm like I'm fine with people complaining and going back and forth, just like we do every other season about the lottery and various other things. Like a lot of these arguments are tired and happen over and over again. This is a new one, so it was interesting. It was exciting. It was like like I don't know. I think it's good for the league. Um, to just have these conversations. Um, so I don't think there are any hard feelings either way. Um, but yeah, I think it's like, it's you made your argument and it wasn't enough to change his mind. And unfortunately the argument went on deaf ears that where he dug his heels in already. And to me, I don't think Eric's, a person to ever change his opinion, unfortunately. Um, so I don't think he, he literally, he literally, I, I think, I think I could have, a today. I think I could have gone up to, I think what was it? Mount Zion with, and come down with tablets from God and, and they still would have been questioned. Um, Mount, from Mount Eric. Sinai. Um, Mount Sinai. yeah, I, I knew it was something like that. Um, but, but that, like that. that's not fair though. Right. SPL because Eric literally, was arguing and digging his heels in all morning with people about the unweighted lottery and still went against his, like what he wanted to do by implementing one in five years. So he did in fact, you know, change his mind despite digging his heels. in. so I don't, I don't think that's a fair 
thing to say that like he never changed his mind and that he's inflexible. Like he's he's done that a few times. The rule with the draft was unanimous though against him. Um, this so what? like you, you said he doesn't change his mind, and so that that's not true. But if you go to the six to four vote, you mean I voted yes. I'm one of the six. Um, I would change my vote to no right now, and it'd be five to five. So, I but I've left my. Yeah, I've well, left I mean, my that's vote like changing your vote after the fact doesn't really doesn't really do much. It's, no, that's not really I, fair. no, no. I'm, I'm just saying, I the rule itself. I like the rule. Um, I think the rule itself is good. I, I like the rule. Um, it's going to make things simpler and easier um, for players to play their positions. And he then actually asked, left. like, before you posted, he said he's not going to grandfather anyone. Would that change anyone's mind? And you still voted yes. Yeah, I, I probably should. I, I, in, I'd have to see the time frame from that post to that for. Um, I mean, you, he, he said it before you made your post. Like, yeah, but how, how how quick was and I'm trying to pull it up right now. Um, give me a second here. About, let's see, 22, 39 minutes. 39 minutes. Yeah, I, I might have, and again, I might have been in something, um, and I might have been typing my post and had to come back to it. You I mean after? I, I mean, uh, after, but you have after you have a time to change it. So it, that's yeah, like, yeah, no, I, I, I could have, but I, I, in, in the back of my mind, I had that. In that there's a lot he of would, here that could have happened. Yeah. You mean, and again, you mean, I, I did talk to him on December thirteenth, and I asked him to change the position, and he said no. Um, I just, like I said, I, I, I just thought that. Uh, I thought he would be more. You mean willing on this than what he was, but oh well, it is what it is. Um, Livio is going to be. What the fuck is that? Do you hear something? Is that my mic? Mike's <laughs> mic might have started working, or maybe that's DK. I don't know if that's working. I, I don't know where. Oh, that's Mike. I know. I sound it, like I sound like mentally Mike, handicapped, but whatever. Finally, no, you sound great. You sound great. Yeah, are are you Asian or what's your what's your? I'm from uh, Argentina, man. I'm from Argentina. Oh, okay, you're from Argentina. Nice, nice. Yeah, I didn't realize we had. Uh, I didn't realize we went international. Well, welcome. Oh yeah. Welcome. welcome. Worldwide, baby. Yes, we are. We used to have premier, a we, bank, but. I I just I just saw Step Brothers yesterday. We should maybe rename this podcast to Premier Worldwide, just because that movie is. <laughs> um, so, Mike, how you doing, buddy? Just okay. I was waiting until that got to sleep, so I could talk in English, and he wouldn't go nuts about it. Like, hey, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Kind so, of weird. So, and just wanted to practice some more my accent, but here we go. I don't have a problem about Livio playing SF or whatever, how it's spelled. Um, I just wanted them to make it final, the decision make it final. Because 
I yeah. be the brand. I mean, I think that's what Eric before. likes. And yeah. Eric yeah, I mean, with anyone. we know we know Eric once he's made the decision. Well, I mean, I shouldn't say he won't change it because he won't, but like it'll take a lot to convince him. And especially after this argument, I don't see him being convinced easily to go the other way. Yeah, I, mean, I, I think your wish will come true here very soon, Mike. Yeah, Mike, I, I think it's finally over. I mean, I'm Livio is actually, uh, I'll let you guys in on a secret that shouldn't be too much of a secret, but Livio is not going to be on the Lakers roster for long. Um, there is a deal. Yeah, well, play. I also helped negotiate that trade up <laughs> deal, so you're welcome. Did you really? Yeah. Oh. I'm GMing uh, basically like eight teams right now. Wait, wait a second here. You, you, this is magic we're talking about. Yeah, I know. We were texting about it all morning and when I got in work. I'm texting and chatting with everyone, and he gets into your own decisions. And he goes, you do not this, don't complain about your team being bad or like that. <laughs> Uh, upgrade my, your players, Mike. Look what happened to Tayback when you upgraded him. He became awesome. Yeah, Tayback's a really good player. <laughs> I, mean, I, I hope I hope you like the talk that we gave and the love we gave your team. I mean, I think your team's really good, bud. Yeah. Um, so, you I mean, I, 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 I think down. you wrote everything down. Well, if you take my advice, most likely it's going to fail. So uh, I would probably listen to Tim <laughs> or, or Eric much more than listening to me. Um, I'm just a half-wit. Um, they're a full wit. Um, so, um, so definitely take their advice, but you mean, like I said, my, my advice would be you, you, you need to fix your rebounding at your small forward position, um, is, is, is the best advice I can give you. Um, so how you do that, how you go about that, I mean, it is going to be interesting. There's definitely a lot of mid mid-level uh free agents that are out there uh mles out there that you can sign to put that are going to rebound better at the small forward um one guy in a, and again and this is some free ad, free advice from that from a handicapped retard over here um <laughs> what's his name is, is it kevin knox i want to say his name is um that's a player yeah, yeah kevin yeah, Kevin Knox. I, I think he would be a really good fit for you. Um, I mean, he's um, no, I don't. I mean, what what did he sign last year? He didn't sign a big contract last year. And he's still sitting out there in free agency. I mean, you put him at small forward. He's an average about seven to eight rebounds a game. Um, scoring efficiency is pretty darn good. He's a 477 career scorer from the field, uh, 380 from three-point land, uh, 19.5 average in his career, um, where last season, I mean, he put up 10.8 points a game. So um, he really wasn't used last year by the Warriors. Um, so, and he was a non-scoring option the year before with the Warriors. So I, I don't, I don't think that, I think you could possibly get him at the mid-level exception at uh, the MLE, and I think he'd be a great fit for your team. Um, especially, I mean, I don't know if the Warriors are going to go after him. I don't know um, if he's a fit for the Warriors in the future. Um, the Warriors could sign him to, because they have the bird years on him, they could sign him to uh, a contract higher than the, than the MLE, but that's a player that 
just from my perspective, if I was you, I'd be going after somebody like that that, um, that would potentially be out there that can help your rebounding, and that's still a good scorer, an efficient scorer. Um, Tim, what do you think about Kevin Knox? Uh, Kevin Knox has been a warrior for a long time. Um, I personally am not a huge fan of him. Uh, I keep re-signing him to big contracts because he's been more effective and the Warriors have bird years on him. Um, I am the Warriors, so it's been interesting to hear you guys talk about this. I'll say I already sent my bid in, um, or all my bids for both of my teams in. I will say nothing more than that about, you know, what I may or may not have bid on Kevin Knox. Um, Some people really like him. Uh, I am not sure I'm one of those people. Uh, He doesn't play any defense at all. Um, I don't know. There, there's just something, something about uh, him I'm not a fan of. But uh, anyway, I do have to run. I'll let you guys keep it going. Um, you guys okay. can carry it on a little bit longer than I will listen in uh, to the end of it tomorrow. But yeah, you guys have I'll, a good I'll night, talk to Right there from you, SPL. Thank you for hosting. Oh, not a problem. Anytime, buddy. It was great to have you on. All right. Um, yep. But uh, let's talk to you later, Tim. Um, so yeah, that that's my you two cents on the team. Uh, so that's my two cents, Mike, is that you really need to fix your rebounding at the small forward position would be my 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 two cents. Um, I think that you definitely have an interesting piece in Sean Kemp. Um, he definitely has a lot of time to grow, and I think he's – you don't be discouraged at first uh, what you see from Kemp because he's going to have a lot of training camps to to advance, to, to, to bump grades up and to, and to take jumps. Um, so I think you have the start of a really, really good player there. Um, um, so y- you might not see it this season, but I think – as time goes, you'll see him get better and better. I think I think Tayback is really, really good, um, a really good player. You um, I mean he plays good defense? So Kevin Knox might not play defense, but I think um, I think he's a great fit for your team because you you're going to have uh, you're going to have a good defensive center and Tayback a good probably a above average defender, a power forward in Kemp, um, a really good defender at shooting guard in Jordan. Um, and then you add Knox to that, which is going to give you more rebounding uh, with efficient offensive play. Um, that would be a really, really good fit. I mean, there's a lot of good small forward fits. And then what you can do with Mobley is just use Mobley as your shooting guard, small forward um, uh, backup. He's still gonna he's still gonna get about 24 minutes a game in that role. So not I mean not the 35 that he's getting now, but I mean you're just using him at small forward. You're just you're losing too much too much in rebounds. Um, is 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 my point. I mean, it, you could get away with it if if Kemp comes in and he's averaging, you I mean, eleven and a half rebounds off the bat. Um, then I would say you can get away with Mobley um, at uh, at small forward um, if you happen to have no, I, a better I tried rebound. That, I tried that earlier in the in the past season, and team went nuts because I. Put Mowgli as uh, I wanted to be the star backup. So, uh, but I, I had yeah. Luka Doncic a season. 
he sucks. I know he sucks, but I thought Mobley would be a great to be a two-three backup and be the kind of the sixth man. And okay. okay. I wanted that to be. To be. I tried to tell that, but team went nuts about it and completely harassed me about putting Mobley on the starting lineup, about putting Mobley as a scoring option and teams and we did and we reached playoffs but I knew I I, I need a lot more of reboundings when I signed Udoka I got the book and I don't know how to spell it in English whatever but, <laughs> uh, <laughs> don't worry I can't spell in English either I mean so don't, don't worry about it you, you, you put, your English is probably rough. better than mine yeah, I mean, I'm a product of the education of Chicago, Illinois, so um, you, you don't get much worse than that. So, um, uh, so, so your English is probably much better than mine. You could probably write English better than me. So I'm jealous that you're in Argentina and you're doing Argentina, right? Yes. Or did I fuck that up again? I, no, no, it's Argentina. I didn't even okay. finish high school. For the record, I learned to play in uh, GTA San Andreas Rover Play. In a server oh, okay. They, so that you learned your English playing video I, games. Exactly, like that. And we had this. Uh, they rather play cops and had Ventrilo, which is a software to big all day. And I joined okay. that and tried started trying my accent. So this is why I, I basically I stayed around here because nobody made jokes about my English or whatever. So I, I kept myself around to improve it. Um, to join the podcast to. Oh yeah, you jump on here anytime, my man. You're you're welcome to 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 jump on here, throw your two cents, talk. Um, I mean, I, I I typically I bounce around a lot, and I kind of uh, uh, try to make this as fun as possible. Um, but um, I only went on a few Ian rants tonight. I, I wanted to get on more Ian rants. Be fun, but. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, we we've been going now for just just under two hours, uh, hour and fifty seven minutes to be precise. Um, so so I, I think that it's time to kind of wrap this up a little bit. Um, yep. Mike, any any final words for the uh, the league before we uh, end this podcast? Uh, I think. We're gonna see a few guys joining in the next weighted lotto. Really? Are they from Argentina? I hope at least one. I know for a fact one will stay. So just guessing. I have. Just guessing. I'm just guessing. You know that now. You know now on my soundboard, I'm going to have to get Don't Cry For Me Argentina. And that's going to be um, probably the intro for you when you come into the podcast. <laughs> so I'm, 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 I'm going to get that done, probably the Madonna version. Um, so 
us for the next podcast that we do, which I'm hoping will be a preseason podcast for the 2011 season. Um, uh, so I promise um, to join when everyone's online so I can discuss everything with everyone as well. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Next time, jump I in early. I have the, the mic early. Yeah. Oh, not a, not, not a problem. Um, Mike, so it, it was great to hear from you. It was great to have you on the podcast, um, and um, and uh, with that said, uh, did, did you? Did, yeah. So let's call it a night. Um, so I'm going to end it with my uh, my with our throwaway show music, and then uh, I will uh, probably, as I said, I'll try to get us another podcast uh, before. Uh, uh, before the uh, the season starts and make it a preview of uh, 2011 will be more of that podcast. So hopefully I'll have that podcast right. done. I'm hoping to have it maybe Sunday night because uh, I think the draft should be or when will the draft, when will the uh, free agency be done? Free agency uh, days two and three are tomorrow. Then tomorrow is everything done by Saturday. By Saturday, so we should see probably training camp done on Sunday, I would think, and in preseason Sunday. So yeah, Sunday night I'll try to do a podcast around that, and I'll get a thread out um, right away, and and uh, we'll try to get a podcast out for that, um, and we'll do it. We'll do the next podcast on Sunday. So again, this is SPL signing off. Uh, thank you to Eric, as always, for his contributions to the podcast and his insight. Thank you to Tim um, for everything that he does. Um, uh, he's, he's a great, great co-host. He offers a lot of great insight as well. Me, I'm just kind of the, the dumbass of the group. And Mike, thank you for jumping on, and I encourage you to jump on more in the future. Um, you, you, you are great to, to have here at the end. And so this is SBL signing off uh, with uh, some Black Rebel.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.